Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. As always, Julie and I are your entertainment and hopefully educational facilitators for the next 30 minutes. And we also have a special guest who, be, who might be making herself known. Today was involuntary take-your-kid-to-work uh, day here at our <laughs> right and it, In the background, you guys are probably going to hear Zoe Grace making demands on her mama. So um, we'll have all three Harrises. We'll have the current generation and the future generation of Harris Real Estate Coaches uh, possibly yes. be present on today's podcast. So it's exciting news for all of you as you hear her boss or mama around. Yes, she's very good at <laughs> so this. We're going to finish up the points that we started the other day about essentially whether or not you have an entrepreneurial mindset and an approach to your business. It's fun getting the emails about a topic like this because it's not necessarily directly relevant to real estate. Um, so that makes it so that we can sort of you know, talk about things that are a little bit less transactional in nature, a little less lead generation in nature, and uh, maybe help you work on your mindset with regards to whether or not you do have a business approach to your business or whether or not you just sort of have a get rich quick and make money as fast as you can in one transaction to the next mindset. Because I can assure you, and there's no doubt about this, and none of you should be even remotely confused about it, um, as I say this, I always remind myself, Tim, remember, a lot of people might be listening to you for the first time, so you don't have this you know, deep, long-lasting relationship of trust with them. They don't know you, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you guys that right between the eyes truth, and then I'm going to give you some homework for those of you who are new to us where you can go and research this yourself. So here's the right between your eyes truth. Um, we are definitely in a real estate reset. There's no doubt about it. And I know a lot of the industry still has its head in the sand, hoping and praying that that's not the case, but it is the case. We are in what Julie and I are calling the second phase of the real estate reset. And that is the hardest phase because, frankly, it can last in your market. It could last a year. It could last even two years. That's the phase where the prices slowly start to reset, as in most cases fall, or in best case, frankly, uh, keep up with inflation, but in most cases they're going to fall. Um, and then what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of consternation from sellers because sellers have been addicted to the idea, just like they were leading up to the last market reset back in, you know, when it started in September of 07. You know, same thing's going to happen. Sellers are going to be in denial about it. Sellers are going to be confused about it. But here's the opportunity. Wherever there's the greatest, and this is true, this is a historical perspective, so I want all of you to keep this in mind. Again, maybe an entrepreneur's way of approaching a time of change. Thoughts for you to maybe have bounce around in your brains? The greatest fortunes in history have always been made during the greatest times of change. And I believe it was Baron Van, Van Von Rothschild that said that. And something way back in the you know, <laughs> 1600s or something. It's an ancient quote, but the point is, is the greatest fortunes are always made during the greatest times of change. And it's actually, and this again is counterintuitive, easier to make money in a market change like this, where all the agents who, and you know, since I'm, we're focused on real estate primarily, all the agents who were seemingly successful just because they were in the market, just because 
they were maybe just doing centers of influence and past client things, the easy stuff, or maybe they were able to seem successful because they were buying buyer leads who haven't had to pay attention to what their profit and expenses are, who haven't really been making any profit, who maybe actually in many markets have been propped up on so many virtual and real stages that the market actually is manipulating their dysfunctional business behavior. All those types are the ones that fail first because they don't have the staying power to survive during a market shift. The buying of the buyer leads trend is over, guys. That just is. It's going to die a slow death, but it is definitely on its way out. That's a fact. You can argue with me about that all you want, but it's still a fact. Buying buyer leads, that that the heyday of that is over. It's been over for about probably 18 to 24 months. The big teams model that was predicated on buying buyer leads, it's dead. And if you're thinking about getting into real estate and joining a big team so you can be hand-fed uh, hand buyer leads, I strongly suggest you stop uh, right now and either A, don't get into real estate at all, or B, you know, recalibrate what your expectations are and seriously consider whether or not you're willing to actually get into the business and do the work, do the, what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. If you're going to get into this business with the idea that you're going to be handed leads, you're going to fail because you're never going to be independent. You're always going to be dependent on that person to, buy, to hand you your leads, the team leader or the broker. But here's the insidious part of all this. That team leader or broker is dependent on the provider of the leads. And so look all the way up in this food chain of insanity. At every single point, someone is dependent on somebody else. There's no freedom in that, guys. You're not entrepreneurs. You're just facilitators. And furthermore, these big portals, Zillow in particular, that's the direction that they're aggressively moving. They, don't want, you, they want you guys to be dependent. They want to control the relationship. You're not going to be in business. You're just going to be a contractor for Zillow where you're paying a huge referral fee. We talked about this yesterday. So listen, here's the bottom line. In a market shift like this, where everyone's going to be trying to figure out which way is up, the simple and obvious direction that you must be going is focused on listings. If you're not going to focus on becoming a powerful listing agent in, in the next three to five years, you're going, you won't, I cannot imagine you're going to be able to survive. When you have listings, guys, you can literally shut off all the static and the noise that is all around this industry, it, you know, all the fake news, if you want to call it that, about what's working in real estate, what's not working in real estate, and all the what, – what can I you – know, just all the Mickey Mouse that's out there. When you have five listings, ten listings, twenty listings, you can ignore 99% of all the things that maybe right now you think are important. And, by the way – you can cut your expenses dramatically when you're a listing agent. Listing agents have the most profitable businesses. They have the most predictable in terms of cash flow businesses. So I beg you, if you're serious about your own personal success, if you're serious about, even remotely serious about your own goals, you have to be chasing listings. Learn how to do it. Don't wait. Don't listen to what I'm saying now and then come back to us in a year and say, I wish I would have listened to you. We hear that all the time. The classic one, and those of you listening, again, you've got to be honest with yourselves. You guys will listen to Julie and I saying this. We're going to tell you a bunch of things that are absolutely unequivocal, unequivocal truths. You're not going to like them because they're going to require you being uncomfortable and having to learn something. You're going to get a call from a telemarketer who's selling you leads. You're going to say, yes, please. You're going to get some you know, dancing Yahoo come to your town and tell you the importance of branding, you're going to say, yes, please. And you're going to build your own agent website. Yes, please. You're going to do all this other stuff. Yes, please. 
and you're going to spend all this money because there's some mythical business team model that you're supposed to be putting in place before you're allowed to be successful. And then you're going to realize that none of that stuff works or it works anywhere at the level that it has to to justify the expense. You're going to build all kinds of debt. You're probably not going to pay your taxes. You're going to call us in about a year, and you're going to say, I wish I would have listened to you in the first place. That is our typical new member. That type of person, and I'll tell you the other one, brand new licensees or brand new-ish, okay, two years or less. We get a lot of new people in the business who have not yet committed to one path. They've not decided what to focus on. A lot of them, frankly, are smart enough to intuitively know to avoid the pitfalls I just described to you guys. They've listened to what we've said on this podcast over and over and over again. And it, they can't find any reason to doubt what we're saying. And so they decide to say, hell yeah, I'm going to decide to do what I don't want to do and I don't want to do at the highest level. And I'm going to embrace being uncomfortable because on the other side is everything I want. So where are you guys on that spectrum? <laughs> Here's Zoe. Where are you on that spectrum? There's really no gray area in this whole conversation. There really isn't. Everyone likes to say, oh, there's a million different ways you can build your business. Well, there are, but there's only maybe one or two ways you can build your business if you want to make a profit. There's a million ways to sell a bunch of houses. That's true, but not if you want to make a profit. Look, you guys can you know, follow these little flights, flights of fantasy, and you can do some transactions, and you, you, you don't know your numbers. You don't pay attention to expenses. You don't know a profit and loss statement until, unless it bit you in the butt. You're going to get a tax That's bill true. at the end of the year. You're going to say, what is this? And then you're going to ask yourself, why did I do it in the first place? Why didn't anyone tell me that there was no profit at the end of this rainbow? We did. I know nobody else did. And the reason that they didn't is because they're all paid not to, indirectly and directly. The directly part would be somebody who's telling you to buy something because they're getting a commission from it. Indirectly would be the dancing stage monkey that comes to your town and tells you the importance of social media and all the whatever else they decide to pull out of the air that particular day. But their event is sponsored by people that are paying you, or they're, that they're, you know, essentially their event is being paid for by these companies that want to get into your wallets. Guys, listen to what I'm saying, please. Save yourself the anguish, because in a changing market like this, there is going to be no gray area. There won't be. It's going to be brutal for those of you who don't do the right thing. So, look. I'm going to make it super easy for you, and it doesn't cost anything. Go to our website, timandjulieharris.com. Go to the little button. It's at the upper left section. It says podcasts. And just start listening to all of our past podcasts. Just start listening to them. Listen to them to the point where you cannot have any other thoughts in your head because you're so clear on the mission that you have in front of you and what path you're going to take. Don't approach real estate anymore like, oh, you know, I can do a little this, I can do a little that. Okay, so I watched Zoe and Julie make uh, chocolate chip cookies for Zoe's class the other day. Julie and Zoe were following a recipe. It was a quarter teaspoon of salt. It wasn't a pound of salt. It's a recipe. <laughs> Much to her dismay you, on the sugar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a recipe that once you follow it, will result in a nice <laughs> chocolate chip cookie. Why don't you guys think like that? Why do so many of you think that somehow, magically, you can create your own incredible recipe that's going to put all other chocolate chip cookies to shame? That's how real estate agents think. And our industry lets you guys get away with thinking like that, and then you fail. Remember this statistic from NAR? So I guess I did have a rant, Julie. Remember this statistic from NAR? 80% of all homes sold in five years 
will be sold by people who do not yet have a real estate license. Okay? That means that virtually all of you listening right now will not you're you're out of business in five years or less. Because you did the wrong thing when it came to lead generation. Primarily that's why. If you do the right thing and you make lots of profit, even if you are a terrible money manager, you're still going to come out all right because you're going to have a very profitable business. Julie, does this make sense? It does. And I really liked the uh, detail that you drilled down on yesterday with regards to the difference between our, you know, basically hourly pay for a listing agent versus a buyer's agent. And that assumes that the buyer even stays in contract, right? So I wish that part of the licensing requirements when everybody's getting turned loose was not just principles and practices and finance, that's all important stuff, but another section called how to be a listing agent. Yeah. You know, you really shouldn't be turned loose without that stuff because it's so critical. And yet when people get licensed or, you know, are around even the grizzled veterans, constantly barraged with how to buy leads, how to spend your money, you know, and it's crazy. So I think that leading with skill, yes, it seems more challenging, but compared to trying to rebuild yourself after you've spent yourself into oblivion or after you haven't been cognizant of your finances and you find that crazy tax bill that nobody told you about, you know, leading with skill is the best thing that you can do. And it's never as hard as people think. It's not like you're learning how to be a brain surgeon, quite literally. You know, those people, the when they have clients gap. expire, that's a lot worse. Not in real estate, the skill, <laughs> you know. The skills gap, right. The skills gap in the industry right now is that the largest it's ever been, in, in my opinion, since we've been paying attention. It's true. The skills gap, because so many of you have come into the business post-2008 and have been told to only buy buyer leads. And the skill, so many of you only know how to do an iteration, a version of buying buyer leads. You think that's the only way to, you think that's normal. And the only listings you've ever had, I have gotten, gotten every single listing I went on. Your mom, your brother, and the person you sit, sit next to in church does not count. Until you've gone on a competitive listing appointment where you've actually been up against other agents that had their shit together, you've not yet learned how to be a listing agent. That's when you know you're how you're a listing agent. When you're able to go and talk to a uh, expired seller who you do not know, who has no personal connection to you, who's not a center of influence and past client, but you're able to list them because you know how to do it from your skill, that's transcending. That's going to the next level. When you know how to call up a, a Liz Pens or a notice default, whatever you call them in your market, when you know how to call a for sale by owner, when you know how to call just a variety, call, 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 a variety of people, and you can get the, get the appointment and get the listing, that's when you've transcended. The waiting around for people to call you, the email to come in, Zillow to magically call you with some buyer lead that they're going to charge you 35% on, that you later find out is somebody who's not even really a buyer. They're just somebody else that's basically trying to sell you something. I read a really funny story on Inman where a lady said, she canceled her after being a Zillow subscriber for five years. She said, <laughs> did I tell you this, Julie? She, she was in so. one of these markets where and Zillow said, congratulations, you can be you know, part of this new test market where we're going to pre-qualify your leads for you, and we're going to call you when we've got a hot lead that we pre-qualified. Well, she said, okay, fine. And then she started taking these calls, 
and she realized that the calls weren't any more qualified than they were before, and most of the questions that they had asked were even close to the types of questions that a real estate agent should be asking when pre-qualifying a buyer. Why? Because the people doing the pre-qualifying don't have licenses, and it's illegal for them to talk about shit that licensees are only allowed to talk about. And they can't That's give any information on the house. I know. It's ridiculous. So when a buyer calls Zillow and they or clicks a form and one of those Zillow pre-callers call back, that buyer wants information on the house that that, that person at Zillow who doesn't have a license cannot give. So then that buyer has to answer a bunch of questions, and that buyer lead is flipped to the agent. And then the agent then has to pre-qualify them, and the agent then has to explain to them how they're not actually the listing agent despite the fact that that's what they were led to believe. Guys, is that really the business model you want to follow? Well, her story goes on to describe how not only has it gotten that convoluted, but she got a lead flip to her that was a, a lady from India that was trying to sell her Yellow Pages ad- advertising. Is that really pre-qualifying? Wow. Did you so, want to guys, pay that, for that? <laughs> she did. Oh, there's Zoe. That's crazy. <laughs> that, Great. Zoe says that that's model, crazy. That model, oh, Zoe said that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did she really? <laughs> Walking by. Not sure she was talking about that, but it was good timing. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> well, you guys get the point. So go back and listen to past podcasts. Just go to timandjulieharris.com. She is going to be running her company one day, Julie, sooner than you think. I don't know if you've noticed, but she's doing it today pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Well, so guys, go to uh, timandjulieharris.com and listen to past podcasts. All right, so we have a few points that we want to finish yeah. up, and then we're finito with this topic. Miss Le- Miss Harris? Yes, so we're talking about tenets of the entrepreneurial mindset. And point number eight, if you missed previous ones, just go to realestatecoachingradio.com, get caught up. But point number eight is that entrepreneurs love a challenge. When confronted by problems, many employees try to pass the buck. But entrepreneurs, on the other hand, rise to the occasion. Quote, challenges motivate them to work harder, says Jeff Platt, CEO of SkyZone Indoor Trampoline Park franchise. Oh, boy, I hope she didn't hear that. Now she knows there's indoor trampolines. Okay, Uh, he says an entrepreneur doesn't think anything is insurmountable. He looks adversity in the eye and keeps going. Candace Nelson, founder of Sprinkles Cupcakes, this is just a point all about her, (laughs) uh, agrees. Despite naysayers who questioned her idea for a bakery in the midst of the carb-fearing early 2000s, she persevered and now has locations in eight states. In fact, she was one of the first entrepreneurs in a business that became an ongoing craze, sparking numerous copycats. Do you feel energized by challenges in real estate? Or do you feel drained by challenges in real estate? How do you face a changing or shifting market, for example? What do you do when what you've always done stops working? Do you hit the panic button or do you rise to the occasion? What do you do when a prospect asks you if you can help them take care of their probate sale? Do you say, oh, no, I I don't know, I'm going to have to refer you to somebody else? Or do you rise to the challenge? What if you've got a relocating executive that has to move so fast that they're going to be a short sale? Do you say, I can't do that? Or do you say, it's my pleasure? I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, because you're going to get Zoe starting to boss you around. So Julie made the mistake of mentioning the word cupcake. It's she one heard, of Zoe's favorite. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she got the spoons out. She's going to get the mix <laughs> out next. <laughs> Did she really do that, Julie? She yep. Said I am throwing a party. Oh, she's throwing You're a party. You're throwing now. a party? Well, who's, is, is Daddy you. invited? <laughs> Who, is, is Dada invited? Hold on, Zoe. Yeah. Zoe, okay. is Dada yeah. invited to the party? He's, is Dada says, invited? Yeah, she's trying to get the headset on. Here, here, I'm putting the headset on her. Here you go, Dada. 
Uh, I'm hey, throwing Zoe. a party and you're invited. Oh, that's nice. Hey, so- Zoe, can Hey, Zoe, can what? you say hello to all of our friends who are listening? Can you say hi? Yeah. yeah. Hi. Hey, Wolf, can you tell them a knock-knock joke? I don't know knock-knock jokes. Well, what kind of jokes do you know? We'll have to work on that. <laughs> She's off to the races again. Zoe, I could do the next. I, I can finish up if you want to go. Okay. It's fine. Back okay. to you. Back to me. All right. I haven't read these points, guys, so... Um, you consider yourself an outsider. Entrepreneurs aren't all. This is point number nine. Entrepreneurs aren't always accepted. Um, a, a, da, 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 they must be uh, opinionated, quirky, and demanding. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. They are often rejected for being different in some way, and that just makes them work harder. Many agents in real, uh, many agents in real estate are, you know, are exactly like that. And that's a very. Julie, this is Julie's point. It's absolutely true. You probably got into real estate. So you can make your own way. Be careful to embrace the blessings of this move and avoid the curse. What curse? Not having anyone tell you what to do, when to do it, or how to do it at the highest level. What's the blessing? You can make money, as much money as you wish through helping as many people as you'd like. There's no income cap, no location requirement, no barrier to entry, and you don't have to pay for your own inventory. Uh, take action and honor the freedom you have as an outsider. I can't really build on what she just said because I think that was really a great point. And it is interesting, though, when you when you look at yourself and your fellow real estate folks, most of us are misfits. And that was true for Julie and I to a certain extent as well. You're misfits because maybe you were more ambitious than the path that you could have otherwise been on. Maybe you're a misfit just because you have an inability to work in an office or a cubicle. There's just something about you that is uh, maybe special, but also can be a little bit of a hindrance for your being successful in life. The challenge that all of you have, and Julie made this point concisely, but it's worth repeating, it's one of our foundational points in our business, is that the element of being able to just go wherever the strongest breeze blows you will result in your failure. No matter how artistic you see yourself in your approach to life in general or unstructured, whatever word you want to give yourself, it's going to work against you when you're trying to create consistent business. I promise you it will. That's the reason you always have to embrace the idea that there has to be at least three or four hours a day of real, true, drilled-down um, discipline, doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. If you don't act like that and you don't hold yourself to that standard, you will needlessly suffer. You will needlessly fail. Sometimes the most creative types are the, are the least uh, successful in real estate because they're unwilling to have that success or that, that level of discipline. The people that do really well are people like that were school teachers. There's a lot of people that were executives from other companies. There are a lot of people that get into real estate that were, um, frankly, new agents who maybe are millennials who could have been successful in a normal corporate type environment and find themselves in real estate, realize that most agents are just kind of liberty gibbets that are, don't have any sort of structure to their lives. That's another big batch of people that are enrolling in our coaching programs because they like the fact that we're overlaying everything with, a, uh, with frankly, discipline, with a schedule, with uh, repeatable, predictable results. We take a business approach to real estate, whereas everyone else basically is trying to placate your desire to be creative because if they say to you, which is a lie – that you can do what you want to do and just follow your passion. And, you know, real estate's not about competition and it's about feeling good. And we're just some big, you know, quirky family and all the rest of it. All of that stuff is a lie. It just is. If it's a lie, if, underline the word if, bold it in your minds, 
your goal is to make profit. Because if your goal is not to make profit, then all those things are probably true. But we coach agents who want to be rich. Oh, there's a taboo word. But let's again define what rich is. Rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. If you guys have not purchased our book yet, go over to Amazon. It still is a bestseller on Amazon. Um, yeah, Harris Rules is the name of the book. Just go over to Amazon, Harris Rules. A great Christmas present. All right, next point, point number 10. You recover, recover quickly. This one's a hard point, is it not? It's a popular notion that successful entrepreneurs fail fast and fail often. Uh, the trick is the speed of recovery. If you fail, resist the urge to mope and feel sorry for yourself. Don't wallow. Move on to the next big thing immediately. Uh, one of the words you should write down is next. Don't make random real estate failures into your story for the next month, week, quarter. Just say next. Move on to the next person, couple, or family who truly needs your help. So I'm going to give you guys some advanced coaching on that. I want all of you to write this down. Just write down the phrase, it's too soon to tell. It's too soon to tell will save you from overreacting to positive experiences and overreacting to negative experiences. It's the overreactions that will emotionally wipe you out, cause you to prematurely age, cause you to never have consistent financial things. Because if you overly mope, if you stay down for too long, you're going to miss opportunities. If you celebrate for too long, you're going to miss opportunities. So you can have the best day ever in real estate, celebrate with your spouse or people you love and care about, but do not over-celebrate. Do not take the next month off and blow all the money that you made on a trip to France, you know, buying expensive crap from socialists. <laughs> joke. It's a joke. I'm allowed to joke. All right, next point, point number 11. Um, you listen. Um, I'm going to skip this whole diatribe that's in the Julie's notes because I could care less about Jessica Alba. Always be upgrading and learning and implementing. Once you think you already know it all, on that day you become uh, uh, your income is already starting to degrade. Listen to interviews. If you can pick up the one questionable item, phrase, or script from these top producers, integrate them into your practice, you'll soon accelerate to the next level. Uh, don't try to don't keep trying to reinvent the wheel. So as far as the listening goes, this is a – Julie kind of, in her notes, kind of made it into a complacency point, but that is true. If you listen to what is going on around you, immediately around you, you're probably not going to improve because you're probably surrounded by people that are going to reinforce complacency because that is a natural state for everyone, myself, Julie, Zoe, everyone. Everyone wants to basically be in a, pay, a place of complacency or stasis. The problem is the word complacency in itself is a lie because you cannot stay the same. And some of you guys know there's a lot in the Bible about this, actually. The bottom line is, is all of us are genetically, literally genetically designed to move forward. Moving forward is our natural state. I don't know if it's true for other species or animals, you know, but for humans, we're all designed to move forward. We're designed to move forward and not always in positive ways, but we are designed to move forward. If you try to stay the same, if you uh, fight the urge, if you literally resist the urge to move forward, what happens is you don't stay the same. You lose what you have. And that is a profound thing to never forget. Because if you just accept the fact, like, so when you're around people, they're like, dude, just slow down, smell the roses. 
you work too hard. Why are you blah, 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 blah. What, what, is this not good enough? Are you not, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with our neighborhood? What's wrong with, you know, where you live? What's wrong with the clothes you have? What's wrong with the fact you're 30 pounds overweight? Everyone's 30 pounds overweight. Why, why, what is it? Why do you want it? Those types of questions, right? You're going to be surrounded by that stuff over the holidays too, mostly from family members where they're going to reject you for trying to improve. Maybe they'll do it subtly, but you will feel it. You might pick it up subconsciously in forms of little, you know, punches to the heart but you've got to be conscious of that and don't let, it, uh, perp- don't let it get into your soul. Otherwise, what's going to happen is you'll lose your momentum. So the point is, is that if you try to stay the same, you're going to actually lose what you have. If you try to say, for example, I'm going to maintain my financial level, but you can't because inflation's increasing. Taxes are going to be increasing. Everything's going to be increasing in costs. So if you think you've got enough money saved right now that you're good, you don't. If you think you have enough health right now that you can last the rest of your life, you don't. Your relationships are strong enough that you're good. You're, they aren't. Your skill set's good enough. It's not. So the point is, is see, just accept that's a natural part of all of us. It's innate into all of us. That's how we are designed. Spend less time or no time fighting that and move forward. And the last point is, focus on what matters when you figure out what matters. And this is a long quote, but I'll read it. Um, entrepreneurs fall down and pick themselves up until they get it right. Co-founder and CEO of Fast Growth Online Freelance Marketing, Fiverr. During Fiverr's launch, instead of trying to deal with endless number of potential challenges, Kaufman and his team focused on the single biggest challenge every marketplace has, building liquidity. Without liquidity, there is no marketplace. So, and this is a question Julie wrote down. This is a really good point. And then we have a book, a suggested book. What is your product? This is a point we make on this podcast frequently, and it's really important. It's a really great way to end this series. What is your product, agents? I'm asking you a real legitimate question here. It's not rhetorical. So what is your product? What is it that you're supposed to produce in order to stay in business? Ask yourself that question now. A lot of you are going to say happy customers. You're going to say sold houses. You're going to say, you know, all these feel-good type woo-woo terms and phrases that you pick up along the way that you think are the reasons why people are in business. For social good, for some sort of co-opted, you know, I don't want to be political, but there's a lot of co-opted, socialistic-type mindset things that have, approached, that, have, that have wandered into real estate, in our industry in particular, and that, listeners, is why people do not talk about what the true product of your business is, which is profit. People do not want to talk about profit with you. Why is that? Explain that to me. Why is it your broker doesn't talk to you about profit and your office manager doesn't talk to you about profit? Why does nobody else in our space, in the coaching and training space, talk to you about profit except us? Why are no books written for agents on how to be successful where there's even a section on profit except ours? Why? Explain that to me. Profit is your product. If you do not produce profit, you do not have a business. Your business will not have the staying power to survive the natural ups and downs in any business. If you do not have profit, and by profit, you should be making 60-70% profit margins in your real estate practice. Yes, you heard me say that right. Not 10%, not 7%, not 2 or 3%, but at least 50 or 60% profit. When you're a listing agent, you can make at least that, by the way. If you're buying your buying leads and doing all this other dumb stuff that people have been doing for the last 10 years, of course you don't have any profit. With that profit, assuming you have profit, you need to then Reinvest that profit into things that make you income. As a rule, our definition of rich, I said this a second ago, but it's worth saying again, is where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. Your goal from the profits you make from selling real estate 
should be to reinvest in things that produce enough passive income so that all of your personal overhead at least is covered. And then, by definition, you're rich because you no longer have to work for your money. You see what I've just given you? I've just given you a tremendous gift because I've given you a very clearly defined goal. How many of you are listening and actually do something with this? I wonder. I really do. I wonder. So here's a great book. Uh, Julie and I, you know, I don't think I've listened to it this year. We listened to all of our books. This is a great one. Profits aren't everything. They're the only thing. No nonsense rules from the ultimate contrarian and small business guru. It's by George, and his last name is spelled C-L-O-U-T-I-E-R. If you go to Amazon and you just put in profits aren't everything, they're the only thing, the book will come up. Fantastic book. Uh, you will find that most, uh, a lot of the points he makes are very similar to the points we make. <laughs> Again, this is one of those books that I think if you read and you listen to our podcast, your approach to this business is going to be completely different than what everyone else is out there teaching. And you will make profit, and then in less time than you think, three to five years, you will be rich. If you do what we ask you to do, by definition of rich, where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. If you think that agents are rich, you are wrong. Most agents are one or two bad months, and brokers as well, from being completely broke. If you do what they do, that will be you. Okay? I want you guys to think about that. If there's anything we can do for you, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember, guys, free coaching calls for agents.com. If you want your free coaching call, talk with one of our new member coaches, and we're going to give you, our, uh, we're going to give you six books. Uh, the two that I want you to download the first is Real Estate Treasure Map and Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. The perfect books for you to be completing this time of year. You all have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>